Grab your coffee. And clear your cash. It's time for the next episode of Grande Texpectations. This podcast is run by Onslow DLT, and your hosts today are... Sashelle Dorenkamp. And Erin Holland. Hello. Hi. Um, so super pumped about super pumped. the episode today. Some mm-hmm. of our favorite PLN fe- friends are mm-hmm. on today's podcast. We have Mario and Alberto. Better known as the, the E-Twins. E-twins. Um, so they will be joining us. If you do not already have these two amazing people as part of your PLN, we're going to say the same thing we told you last time. Go ahead and hit pause. Stop what you're doing. Open up Twitter and follow them. Immediately. Yes. Um, Alberto, his Twitter handle is at A-A-L-B-E-R-T-O-H-E-R-R-A-E-Z. And we'll post it in our info in Mm -hmm. case you didn't get that. Um, And then Mario is at M-M-A-R-I-O-H-E-R-R-A-E-Z. So again... Just go ahead and pause the episode right now and follow them because they're wonderful. They put out a lot of really good information, Mm -hmm. tutorials, how-tos, just some really, really good stuff. Yeah. So let's welcome them in. All right. So Sashelle and I are being joined by two very special guests today. Um, Gentlemen, if you would like to go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your background. All right, so first of all, hello everyone. Um, I'm Alberto and I'm Maria. We are known as the E-Twins in the educator community. And as you can tell, we have an accent. So we are originally from from Spain. And like five years ago, right? Yeah, we moved to Utah to teach. And we, we are still in Utah. So we liked it. They hired us. So it was great. So we've been teaching for um, four years, right? Four or five years. Um, we enjoy it so much. So yeah, that's our kind of our background. Yeah. And I don't think um, I don't think Sichelle and I have talked to you about this before. But what <laughs> was it that made y'all want to come over and teach here? Were you already teaching in Spain, and then you just had the opportunity, or how did that happen? And especially Utah. Yeah. <laughs> right, uh, 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 it's, everyone, everyone asks us. Why Utah? Why in the world? <laughs> what's the connection? Like, yeah, so actually there's no connection. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so we were studying our degree, education degree. We are still babies. Yeah. So, so it was like three, four years ago. And um, our, it was like our, uni- our university, they have a deal with a company. And what they do is kind of they send... Um, students who want to do internships you know to USA you know so basically they match students with school districts so we sent our application and they put your application in a huge pool with other you know other applicants and all of that and then the school districts go to that pool and they select the, uh, who they want so actually we were selected by a school district in Utah and they told us you're 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 going to Utah, right? We were saying, <laughs> and we were like, why not? So we applied to this program because we wanted a new adventure. And I cannot think in a bigger adventure than moving from Spain to Utah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's it, okay. it was great though. It's gonna, it's gonna sound ignorant, but we needed to look for Utah in the map, you know, because it was like, 
when you're in Europe, you know, or in Spain, you know about the big cities. I know, like, East Coast, you know, Boston, right. Boston mm -hmm. California, all of those places. But Utah? Where is Utah? Right. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know. But we, we like it so much now. Like, we love outdoors. Um, I mean, yeah. we've been camping in, uh, like, a snowboard, or anything, like, rock climbing, anything outdoors, we love it. So yeah, you're in a nice. great state for that. For Absolutely. Sure. And it's so funny, like, I think... Being from the U.S. and having been raised here, um, we forget how big this nation is. And so when we talk to, like, especially people in our PLN who are in other countries, especially in Europe, we'll say things like, oh, yeah, such and such place. It's only a, a four-hour drive. It's not a big deal. And they're like, four hours? I could get across the whole country in four hours. So it's so funny. We forget in the U.S. like how big this country is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is just huge. And it's the same because we and drove... The, distance, the distances are, I mean, huge. We drove like 4,000 miles, 5,000 miles for our road trip. Uh -huh. And you could Russia, you know, in <laughs> Europe. So it's just, but we don't realize about it because now we are so used to, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. a long time to get everywhere. Uh, even to go to a supermarket in, in Spain, we walk to a supermarket. Here, we need to drive 15 minutes. So yeah. it's like, gotcha. it is, I think that um, it was, it is awesome to see how kind of open your mind to live in a different culture or different, like, you can see the things, like, from a different point of view and see that there are more realities. And, yeah, for example, when we go back to Spain, like, we don't drive in two months, you know, yeah. because we live in a, in a small city and we don't have to drive at all. So normally we just don't drive. Or take the public or transport. Take the public yeah. transport. Yeah. It's so different. Yeah. I was lucky enough, um, I got to go, my husband for work, went to the Canary Islands and so I went with him and so like he was working I was just walking around and I was like I could come be here and just walk around all the time and go to everything so I'll switch places with you two you two can stay in Utah <laughs> and I'll go to Spain. <laughs> the Canary Island is a pretty unique place yeah I mean, it's like a lot of people call it like kind of the Hawaii of Europe yeah so like volcano like islands really pretty like tropical weather so it's it's amazing it's amazing yeah i wouldn't be sad to go back <laughs> yeah. <I'll take> it. Yeah. <laughs> all right so um i am so glad to hear that you two have gotten to spend some time this summer unplugging enjoying an amazing road trip did you even check your phones once uh, we, well, <laughs> we didn't have service, didn't have service. Oh, gotcha. but we had, I mean, we were presenting, we were featured speakers in the Adobe launch party of their program, educator program, so we, that day we rented a cabin, and we did a presentation from uh, that cabin in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty, pretty funny to, to, to kind of present in that setup. But it was the only only day that yeah, we had option, yeah. yeah. But it was great, you know, because we didn't check email or social media or anything. Just that day, just that day, and it was, I mean, we needed that. We needed yeah. that yeah. time without, uh, I don't know, without just not the phone in the time, you know, checking the phone. So it was amazing. Good. Um, so, and we know that y'all are headlining a Wakelet um, talk on the lessons learned from remote learning. I told Sichelle I'm going to have to have 
uh, a little chat with them that they're stealing our thunder over here. But that's <laughs> just kidding. But obviously, as all of our listeners know, because everybody was involved in this life-altering situation that occurred in the spring, what were you two kind of able to take out of that whole experience, um, whether it be like professionally, personally, or with your students? Like what were some of those key lessons that you learned that are going to continue informing your practice moving forward? Well, actually, a lot. You know, like uh, at the beginning, we complained because it was we had like a because week. we are humans and humans like to complain. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I always say that if you know, like someone would charge us for complaining, we would stop. Right? <laughs> that's the only solution. But um, yeah, I think like uh, at the beginning we complained because we just had a weekend right, to yeah. kind of to transition. Mm-hmm. But now like, we see it from with. The perspective of the time it was great we learned a lot and it was a great pd and it forced a lot of teachers to kind of i don't want to say like get educated but i don't know like yes you know to keep learning and oh, to go out of the comfort zone yeah comfort zone and it forced a lot of teachers to do that and i think the pd that we got even if it was just by yourself mm-hmm. and no one provided you it was just amazing and i think that Personally, was we struggle a lot because um, we normally have some issues like drawing the line between work and life. It's something that happened like it's happened to us since the beginning of our career because mm-hmm. we are so passionate about what we do that we we don't know where, where to stop or or when to say no. Like yeah. I'm to be that I cannot say this, and I'm sure you and a lot of people like relate to, to that because like teachers are so passionate about what we do that we are always like trying to be um, beyond and um, like beyond the expectation we need to meet and mm-hmm. so personally it's like I think that we got to that point that we say okay we need to stop like this is like affecting our mental health it's affecting our like daily life our lifestyle we are not what we are so we lost that part of our identity of like mm. being happy at the time, like being like, you know, like making yeah. jokes. And, that, yeah, and it's the same with the students. Like we are very passionate about sale, social emotional learning. We love it. And But during this remote learning situation, we realized that it is even more important than we thought. And we really thought that it was really important. Like key, you know, in our instruction, it was very important. But we realized that it was even more important than we thought. So it should be, we always say that cell should be taught in every classroom around the world mm-hmm. because we've seen it during the, the COVID outbreak, you know, mm-hmm. remote learning, our students were struggling um, <clears throat> in their social emotional, sorry, during, you know, social emotional um, skills uh, and all of that. They were struggling a lot. We were struggling as an adult. So mm-hmm. imagine them, they couldn't play with their uh, friends. They couldn't, you know, just be social or it's just... It's very basic. Just play with your friends at recess. I'm not asking them to come to my class. You know, it's just that social piece that they were missing that was super hard for them. And Mm -hmm. so we decided that um, we were not going to be so focused. So when we reached that point that we say, okay, we need to change a lot of things just in our personal life and how we are doing remote learning with our students. Because, and we decided to be more focused on like mental health, well-being, social emotional learning, than the content. We decided that 
we wanted our students to support our students in that part and also mm -hmm. like change that life and like have more free time for us doing more stuff that um, we, we do. Yeah, that was a huge mistake at the beginning because we were giving just a weekend uh, to change everything. So we started to work on lessons, you know, different I don't know, presentations, videos to send to our students, uh, on all of that. So we were super focused on content because we needed to just send to them, you know, in three days of the lessons and of the content. And we were so focused that we kind of lost that piece of social emotional learning or that piece of relationship with our students mm -hmm. that we, yeah. we, we love a lot. We love that. And so we realized about it on time, luckily. And then we change that. So we kind of say if our if our students are not happy, they are not going to perform well. So it doesn't matter how much content I send them, they're not gonna do it, or they're not gonna perform um, well enough to be able to get a good grade. They are not motivated to do the the, the assignments. They are struggling so. Well, and I love that y'all bring up that point because I think a lot of teachers had those same feelings. Like they, as humans, we know that meeting social and emotional needs, like we understand that Maslow's hierarchy of needs and if those basic needs at the bottom aren't getting met, we can't move forward. But as teachers, there's so much pressure to teach the content and meet the standards and do all that, that I think a lot of teachers had that struggle of like, when was it okay to kind of put content in the back seat and let that social and emotional take over? So what would y'all's advice to be for, for a teacher who struggled with that in the spring, if they're moving to remote in the fall, what would your advice be as far as like the, the easiest way or the best way that y'all found to kind of draw that line and bring the social and emotional to the forefront and focus on the content second? So I think that um, personal relationship with the students, like keep like connecting with them, even like um, we connected with our students like in a call, like one-to-one, -one, like me or Mario with the students and the family and everything once a week um, to talk with them, to see how the family is doing, if they are struggling, how the student is doing, how can we support them. We don't talk about the school at all. It's just about how are you feeling? Uh, because so maybe that family has like, may, I don't know, like grandpa or grandma that is got the COVID and they're struggling because of that. We need to be aware of that and kind of be flexible with the students. And we don't know what's going on if we don't connect with them. Mm. So technology, a lot of times are kind of people think that kind of dehumanize people, but we can use the technology to humanize people and kind of keep those relationships uh, with the students and families. And I would say that just talk about feelings, you know, because We've seen that a lot of teachers kind of hide that part or they avoid oh, yeah. talking about feelings or, okay, I don't want to talk about feelings. I'm here just to teach you content. Yeah. But I think like I talk about feelings, even how you feel as a teacher. You know, I, to I, I told him like, I am as tired as, as you, you know, about all of this situation. And, you know, talk how you are feeling and how your students are feeling and create that environment where they feel safe to come to you to say, hey, I'm struggling, you know, like I need help or I can't be focused, um, can you help me? Or even I need a meeting with you and my parents because I need to figure out, you know, this situation and I can't perform well. Mm -hmm. Something like that, you know, but we say that um, feelings can't be a taboo in the class, in the classroom. So we need to talk about feelings and students need to feel 
comfortable enough to be able to talk about feelings uh, with us, you know, mm -hmm. with the teachers. And we always say that the teacher needs to be the example, kind of the role model to follow. Uh, if we want to teach kindness in the class, we need to be kind. We cannot teach kindness while yelling at our students. Because, I mean, they're going to say, like, you, you are kidding, right? You are yelling at me, you are not being kind, and you are, like, kind of asking me to be kind to my peers. So that's that's the first step. Like, the teachers open their heart and talk to the students. Okay, I'm struggling too. I'm, I mean, it's not just you. It's me also. So mm -hmm. yeah. kind of that part helps a lot. Yeah, I think Sashelle and I have talked about that before, like, that it's okay as a teacher to show your students that you are a human, too. Like, right. you know, we don't have to be closed off or rigid. You can still, you know, maintain appropriate teacher-student boundaries, but also show them who you are and that you have feelings and that you are a person struggling through a situation like this as well. That's such a great point y'all are making. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And we say that, you know, like, some teachers are afraid because they are like, if I show them how I am, they're not going to respect me. But right. I am against yeah. that. I think that they're going to respect you even more. Mm -hmm. You know, I agree. because they, um, probably they are feeling the same, you know, so the empathy is a great, you know, like a great point for that. Um, so moving forward... How those lessons about like drawing those boundaries between your, your professional time and your personal time and making sure that those connections, social and emotional, are there. Like, how are you going to use those lessons moving forward into this next year, especially with all of the unknowns that still exist around returning to school? How is that going to inform your practice? We, we even did it in during the summer, like I think schedules are so important and we mm. made one schedule at the beginning of this craziness, but we didn't follow it. It's like, <laughs> make a schedule. That is super important, but it's even more important to follow the schedule you make. But right? we were super confident. We were like, this is the perfect solution. We have the schedule. <laughs> and then uh, we didn't follow it a lot, uh, at, all. at all. So like, I think that that's a great point. Like, you need to respect the times that you set up. Um, mm -hmm. We have an alarm in our phone that, okay, like, this is time, it's time. If I'm in the middle of something, I stop. Because I know that if I continue, I'm going to be here two more hours. Uh, I right. stop in the middle of something. I don't care anymore. It's my workout time. I go to my basement. I run the trail mail. I, I do whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But, like, that's, that's my time to work out. So it's my time, reading time. So I need, it's my reading time. I finish. And I start reading whatever I'm reading. Yeah, yeah I think that's um, that's a great advice. And we're going to try to be better at that. Yeah. We created a new schedule, so we will talk in a couple months, and we'll tell you if we are following it. <laughs> <laughs> the first week we are doing we are doing well. It's the schedule 2.0, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's we're good. It shows you're reflecting, that's right. and then you're coming yeah. back to see where exactly. those changes come in. <laughs> mistakes to learn from our mistakes so we embrace failing yeah <laughs> the, the point like the the bigger mistake that the biggest mistake we made is like work out in the mornings it didn't that, that didn't work that didn't like work. we didn't want to wake up to work out so now right. we went to work out at night which yeah. is it's working better yeah it's working better <laughs> and, and you know like even like telling these kind of stories to the to the students like okay i did this i is what we were talking uh before it's like 
they see that you also struggle and mm -hmm. they, they love to, to hear these kind of stories and, and see how I do it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you two think that this pandemic, remote learning, all of the all of these things that we've kind of been faced with in this jumble, do y'all how do y'all see that changing education as a whole moving forward? So well, that's a a great question. Not, this is the question. Yeah, it's the question. <laughs> uh, I think like um, before talking about education, we should talk about companies and work, society, society and all of that. Mm. So I think that what we've been seeing is that a lot of companies realize that they don't need to have their employees in a place anymore, in their offices, no, or facility, or facility or whatever. Mm -hmm. So most of them are, well, they went um, remote and now they keep working remotely because those companies realize that it is way cheaper for them, you know, if their employees work from, from home. So I think that that is going to be kind of like a lot of companies are going to do that. So now it is even more important that we prepare our students for that, right? So I think that education should be moving in that direction. Um, in terms of, for example, we talk a lot about 21st century uh, skills, right? Collaboration, communication, and we do that a lot in our classes. And that's great, you know, like face-to-face -face collaboration, it is so needed for social skills, for all of that. But we realized that maybe we were not focused enough on collaboration in a virtual environment, mm -hmm. environment for example. Mm -hmm. right? Because if our students had a problem with someone that um, they were collaborating, let's say, on a, on a one note in class, right? So you're collaborating, collaborating with that person and you have a problem, you just stand up of your chair, go there and talk with that person, right? right. Mm -hmm. But now, during this remote learning situation, they can't. So that part is where they struggle a lot. Or we realize that we don't even count how many times we fix a problem or a technology problem in our classrooms, right? And But now we, we realize about it when we get 55 emails, you know? Right. <laughs> and then we used to do it, you know, just in our classroom, just so easy. Like, all right, um, you can do that, click um, right button and then go here. And it took like 20 seconds, right? And now we can't do it. So all of those things that um, kind of like a problem solving by themselves online, communication online, collaboration online, all of that is going to be key in the future. And then that's something that we're going to focus on this next school year because we thought that we were doing a great job and probably we were in the face-to-face -face situation, but in like 100% online, we realized that we did not a good job. Yeah, we see mm -hmm. education, like education also needs to see where the society or the world is heading to change in that way because our job as teachers to prepare students for the future, right? Mm -hmm. And the future and after this pan pandemic is going to change a lot. Like, as Mario said, companies are changing the way they are working, so we need to prepare our students for those changes. So I think that that's, we need to keep that in mind from, from now on, that the world as we knew it has changed. So mm -hmm. our education as we knew it needs to change too. Yeah. I think uh, another huge point is evaluation which yeah. I am very happy that we need to change that. <laughs> it's like, now we are remote. We don't know if they cheat or they don't cheat. You know, we right. don't know if Which means that the tests are not, I mean, are not a great solution anymore, which is kind of, well, so, so, some kind of assignments yeah. don't work anymore. Right. For right. example, like, like a fill the blank assignment. That's not going to work. Exactly. Because, uh, it's just going to Google it. 
it didn't work before. Yeah. But so, like some teachers just realize about it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. And we were just yeah. talking about that. Yeah. Yes. More opportunities to actually think critically and not yeah. just check a box. Exactly. With our AB schedule, a big question has been. Um, well, I don't want my students to test at home. And I was like, well, why do you even need to give a test at all? Why don't we evaluate them in a different way where it doesn't have to be a multiple, you know, multiple choice test? If an assignment can be completed by copying, it's not a meaningful assignment. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a meaningful assignment. We've been talking about this for, I mean, for a couple of years already, that it's that now with all the resources that we have, you know, like we can't, Days are teaching in memorizing something because it's not it's not gonna work, right? Because right now, let's say if we talk about I know what is the highest uh, peak in the east, that uh, coach. For example, like what do you do? You get the phone yeah. and you Google. Yeah. Right? Or like yeah. how many feet? How tall is it? You get the phone and you yeah. Google. So we don't have to learn those things anymore. We right. need to take information on that knowledge and apply it to a problem to get the solution or to a different a different like. A different problem or whatever so the point is yeah. like if you so as we were saying before so we need to see where the society or the world is heading yeah. to mm-hmm. adapt our teaching and as uh, we as an adults like we use the phone for everything yep, so, right. like, so why we're gonna teach students mm-hmm. that if they're gonna be adults as we are and they are gonna you know they're gonna use their phone for everything so yeah, uh, right there's no point. Yeah, that not. knowledge acquisition kind of takes care of itself. There's not really as much a need for just that remembering level. But like you said, being able to apply it to make connections. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of just like those feel-good stories that came out during the pandemic of like the nurse who realized that the patients were scared and they couldn't see the nurse's face because of all the PPE. So the nurses started taping a picture of themselves onto their gowns and then the the people who were making the masks that had the plastic mm-hmm. covering for their mouth so people who were hard of hearing could still read their lips like those are the kinds of skills that critical thinking recognizing a problem and coming up with a solution that's what we want our kids to know right more powerful yeah. than a test <laughs> way more, way more powerful it's the- so before, you know, like we've been talking about this for years and um, people just look at us like you're crazy, you know, yeah. and right now people realize that we were not that crazy. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. like maybe, yeah. maybe it's, it's something that we need, something to, we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like every classroom. So I am so happy like we are changing the way that we evaluate, you know, like uh, we need to change something else, you know, instead of a test, make them create something, you know, yeah. or, so um show their knowledge or what they learned in a project or something like that you know something that will give them a problem where they need to have a basic knowledge to be able to solve it you know something like and that and they want like those projects that like open ending like that there is no right solution like yes. you cannot yes. help if there is not a right solution if mm-hmm. there are like many right solutions mm-hmm. like that means that maybe all of them are right and all their different yeah. their answers are different so we need to focus on those activities meaningful activities yeah. with high high like skills higher thinking yeah. skills yeah. those activities well and those are the kinds of things that student or that our kids will be expected to do in their future workplace they're not going to be given a worksheet and say fill in the blanks they're going to be given a problem and asked to come up with 
solutions or you know a list of possibilities that could be utilized yeah exactly exactly and they like if they didn't know something they'll google it like, that's right <laughs> that's what we do as adults <laughs> that's right. and right then, like youtube you can learn whatever you want like, yes yeah and during the pandemic is a great example of it like a lot of people start doing something different or something new like playing the guitar or like you know like doing reading sound reading something yeah. painting whatever and all of that was out of like youtube videos right mm -hmm. so we have the information everywhere like anything we need yeah yeah exactly i think you know y'all bring up such great points and I think Sashelle and I are both in line with you too, that like yeah. those are the things that we hope start changing about education now as well, because as terrible as the situation was, one of the benefits is that it brought the classroom into the homes. So like parents could be more involved, have, you know, could, could see more of like what we as teachers do every day, how the kids are participating, engaging in class. It, it made us kind of more of a community. Yeah. And if we can continue working together to, you know, face those needs, recognize what could change, what can stay the same, and how to best serve the students and their families, I think that would be a great lesson for us to take forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. We always say that uh, we realized during the, the remote learning thing that um, the, we needed to send the same instructions that we sent to the students, to the parents, right? Yeah. So we realized that uh, parents were in our classroom as well, kind of, right? Mm, because right. if the student didn't know something, they went to the parents and asked. So, so the parents need to have the solution for that. Because if they don't, they get, the kid gets frustrated, the parent gets frustrated, and then you get an email. Because the level of frustration is so high by then, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we realize that we need to give the same instructions to the parents that we gave to the students. You know, they need to be very, very well informed, you know, about everything that's going on in the class because actually they are in our classrooms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great point. Mm -hmm. So when do you think return to school or when do you think you like, return to school <laughs> so we think august 20 i don't even know i've been like so disconnected <laughs> august 28th or 26th or something it's like that it's a tuesday but now like the uem is fighting with the state they want to postpone the day we we start and everything so we're just here reading the news and, and waiting at <laughs> the bit like um we were gonna be just um like a traditional calendar, traditional school, mm -hmm. and then yesterday they announced it. They announced that we, days. Uh, we were gonna go to AB days, and then like we are waiting because we think we're gonna go remotely. We don't know for sure, but seeing what is happening in other counties, counties mm -hmm. or in other places in mm -hmm. the you know in USA, like we really think that we are gonna go remotely, but we don't know. So we are right. ready for everything, and we are not ready for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so you still have a month to perfect your calendar That's right. and your schedule. Exactly. And yeah. then we'll we'll be getting back in touch over Twitter to make sure that y'all are following your schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. Like, I'm not very confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We already failed, failed once. So yeah. 
But it's okay. If we fail, we will try it again. Yeah. The schedule 3.0. <laughs> Until we, we accomplish it. That is awesome. Well, we appreciate you two for joining us so much. This was such a blast. Like y'all said before we started the recording, we were so looking forward to seeing you in person at ISTE. Yes. We talked to Jenny and Salih about the same thing. Mm -hmm. So we're glad that we've been able to connect remotely. Yeah. Do a little bit of talk chatting. Yeah. Yes, I know because it's so sad because conferences are the best. They really are. Yeah, you see everyone. It's like, well, you learn. You know, and that's great because you learn about the stuff, but, yeah, but it's great to see everyone, you mm-hmm. know, it's just so amazing. When we are asked about, you know, like always people ask, well, what's the best part of this conference? Uh, we always say, people. like, people. Like, yeah. It's, it's, actually, it's people. It's like, you go, like, I don't know, like, PCA, FTC, SD, and you see everyone, you hang out with them, and I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. It's, it's well, and it's so energizing because, like, you're getting to see people from your PLN who mm-hmm. you're used to following online and, like, you know, people who are either like-minded or passionate about some of the same things. It's yeah. really energizing to walk away having gotten to experience those people up close and personal. And, I mean, like, I know just when we saw you two at FETC, just, like, coming down the exhibit hall, we were like, <laughs> Hopefully, we will get to see both of you IRL real soon. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping my fingers crossed yeah. that ISTE 2.0 yeah. can happen in November. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I mean, we are going if it is happening. Yeah. I, I yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if not, there will be another time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but again, like we just appreciate you two so much for joining us and sharing your perspective and your story. It's great. We love any chance we get to hear from y'all. Yeah. Thank you, thank for, you for inviting us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Our, yeah, thank our you. Our pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we'll be keeping in touch with you over Twitter. Until next time. Yeah. Bye. 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 So again, we just want to take another opportunity to give a huge thank you to Mario and Alberto for joining us on the podcast today. Such a treat. So great. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us and um, schedule (laughs) 2.0. I work on that myself. I mean, this is just another great example. We talk a lot about the power of the PLN, Mm -hmm. like this, you know, having resources that you can reach out to learn from bounce ideas off of is so important so um we hope that you will follow them on twitter yes please Please, do yeah please reach out to us as well if you need some more tips on how to grow your pln we'd be happy to offer some more people to follow um but until next time this has been another episode of grande Grande Tech expectations